What's up everybody? My name is Brandon McCall. I'm also known as BMXC and this is Nice Minds. I am with a very, 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 very special guest, my homie Josh Hedquist. What's good, my dude? Wow, that was four varies. I think I vary between four varies and three varies, maybe sometimes only two if the guest is uh, somewhat special. But um, dude, thank you for joining me today, man. My pleasure. This is exciting. I've never done this before. This is sick because uh, I think you're the first uh, person I've had that's actually at the gym while we're uh, doing this. I don't have a lot of time in my day, so I want to like do this because I'm a committed motherfucker. But I also want to like stay on my grind and like I can't skip leg day. No, I appreciate that, bro. That's dope. Um, so how I know you, I've I've known of you probably all my life because um you your mom is is good friends with my aunt and um my mom actually supposedly saw you being born like she was in the hospital That's correct yeah she saw me crowning that's so crazy bro i didn't see your mom a lot but every time i saw her she always reminded me that she saw me being born that's so funny my mom loved you bro and uh so going into a little background uh i mean at this point you're I would say you're a world-renowned chef. Is that is that correct? That's insinuating a little bit or embellishing a little bit. I would say I'm Minnesota famous. How about that? All right, word. But, I mean, you have been on several Food Network shows. Um, and I, I remember, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the Food Network shows you were on uh, was on, like, during the time that my mom was in the hospital for like 50 something days. And yeah. so I would sit there and even though we had, cause we watched you together uh, like so many times on, on food network. And um, when she was in the hospital, I, I, I feel like it really helped get her through, man was, was like watching you on TV and stuff and just, um, just the positive vibes, man. I, I, so I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate all the, all the love and the positive vibes that you've given me and my family, man. I think there's something powerful about seeing somebody that you can relate to on TV or competing or, you know, we do that with sports teams, even though we have no real connection to those human beings. We're just like from that area. Um, I had other people kind of reach out to me out of nowhere. Be like, Oh my God, I just saw you on food network. And it was like someone I haven't seen in 15 years, but like that immediately brightened their day. And it's kind of cool how, those things work that like that you, you, you don't you don't go on food network competing for whatever cooking food thinking that you would make uh, this connection with other human beings or like brighten their day or make their day or whatever it is it's, it's powerful shit man positive energy hell yeah man so uh how did you get your start as a chef uh like when did you get started that's a great question so i think the story goes i wanted <laughs> i wanted to buy weed and the only way I could do that is by making my own money. And uh, me and this, uh, one of my best friends growing up, Jesse Johnson, your cousin, we got a job, I think it was at Burger King. And both of us got a job there. We both worked there. And uh, I got my first paycheck and I went out and bought a quarter pound of weed. And I smoked everybody up for like a week. And that motivated me to be like um, financially independent and feel cool. And that was the first time I got a taste of like, what hard work how hard work pays off and I was addicted and it um also compounded with the first time I heard good job in school at home I was always like getting in trouble fucking off and it never 
really click for me, but I got into a kitchen and was like, wow, this is intuitive. It's easy. I'm good at it. I'm better than most. And I just started feeding off that. I would uh, go into all these high caliber restaurants. I would lie on resumes. And I would tell them I had all this experience and I didn't. I'd fake it till I made it. And then I would just like keep going. I just, you know, stayed hungry. And I was like, what's next? What's next? I want that next step. And, um, you know, some people have asked me that same question, like, why kitchens? How did it happen? And I kind of say it chose me. I didn't choose it. That's what's up. Probably like you and music, right? Like you didn't, you didn't like all of a sudden be like, Hey, like it kind of chose you. You fell into that rut because it was like, it was easy for you. Other people try to get into cooking and it's extremely hard. They don't have success. Like I'm not even a high school educated kid and I got four restaurants. It's easy for me. Um, not to say anything else in this world is. So I think it was my destiny to sound corny as hell to be in this industry. That's dope. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've had to work my ass off to get to uh, any level of skill as far as uh, music goes. But yeah, I mean, it creativity is just in my DNA, man. I mean, ever since I was a little ass kid. I feel like music is too. Like I've never not known you being a part of music. Yeah. It's always sure. been a part of you, even though we were never super close watching you from a distance. It was always music. It was always hip hop since like fucking day one true that yeah and uh it's dope because because i didn't even realize like that you fucked with my music until i think jesse might have told me um was like yo josh really likes your music man uh he has a mr nice guy tattoo and i was like oh really that's fucking crazy that's super dope yeah let me let me see this shit all right so my mr nice guy is for something else oh yeah that's dope. Because I used to sell drugs, and so that was my job. I was the nice guy. Was that a reference from Half-Baked? I got the tattoo before Half-Baked came out. Oh, crazy. I thought it was kind of crazy when that shit popped up like that, and I was like, oh, wow, it's true. That's nuts. So, yeah, I think I think we really connected off of that, um, and you've just always had a love for, for hip-hop. I'm opening a restaurant called Notorious P.I.E. That's sick. Where's this one at? This one's going to be on Nicolet. I'm actually doing a duo. I'm putting a Joey Meatballs and a a new pizza concept in this space on Nicolet Mall uh, with these gentlemen. And it's called MPLS Ties. And uh, it's like, a, I think they have the capacity for like a thousand people. This is super hush hush, by the way. No one knows this. I'm not supposed to be talking about it. I haven't signed any paperwork, but I I feel pretty confident it's going to go down no matter what. But so, like, even within my food, like, the, the whole hip-hop thing came out. Yeah, man, like, hip-hop was a weird thing for me, to be honest with you, because, like, when I was younger, I was really into it, and then I moved out to the Burbs, and I, like, changed, and I tried to, like, fit in with the skaters and the fucking grunge kids, and it was never something that, I mean, my nickname was Big Dog growing up. It wasn't something that was normal for me, and I looked weird on a skateboard. But you had to do what you had to do, right? But then, like... I went to prison and I came out and it was like, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I'm sick. It was weird though. Do you remember in like 96 or 97 where like Biggie and Tupac were like at their pinnacle and then all of a sudden these grunge kids were like, yo, what's up, dog? Like they flipped the script like that and they're like, where can I get some weed? I was like, why are you talking to me? You were teasing me last year. I can remember even in like early 2000s where I was hanging out with like punk and skater kids and uh, they were all... I was the only kid in my school or, I mean, that I knew like out of my friend group that listened to hip hop. Cause it just wasn't as common, you know, how old are you? 
I'm 36. So I'm 42. So yeah, like when I was in 96, I was 16. And that's like when shit was going hard. You know, people were actually like smoking blunts and listening to like E40 and Too Short and you no, know, all this shit, you know, living that life, drinking 40s, getting gangster, you know, having guns in our fucking waistbands. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you guys used to Back in the day, you guys used to get into some shit. I, I definitely remember just being a, being a young kid and, you know, hanging with you and my cousin. Did we get in a fight at your neighbor's house? The kid across the street, yeah. Yeah, I, I was over there and he, I, I was cheating at cards and he called me out and I tried to punch him and I hit his friend. And we went outside and we like yep. balled it out and I got my ass kicked. Yeah, that was crazy. That was, I, I was, I was sixteen. Yeah, that was that was twenty years ago. I have such a good memory when it comes to that type of shit like and with dates and stuff cuz that was a crazy summer cuz there was just a bunch of shit memorable shit that went down that summer. And yeah, I remember that. It was it was nuts cuz I I was there. I mean, I I wasn't playing cards with you guys, but I was I think I was hanging out with a friend or something and at, you know, the next thing I know like there's shit going down outside and like you know, everybody comes outside and it's just like this full-on brawl. And I think my dad had to like get in between you guys and, and all this stuff. And it was crazy. I remember like, I wasn't, I'm a big guy, but I wasn't in great shape at the time. And I remember going outside with this kid and he took off his shirt. He looked like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, God damn it. I picked the wrong fight today. And I woke up in the hospital. My, my eye was like this and I'd actually cracked this bone. And they said they might have to perform surgery and they're going to have to cut my head and pull my skin back to get to that bone. And I was like, God damn it. And I ended up not having to do it. Thank God. But I still got like this weird lump and it'll never go away in the morning. Sometimes it still gets swollen. That was from that. Yeah. Holy shit. Sometimes you can see it, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I, um, I got my licks in, like I fucked that kid up too, but I was so drunk that I like, I slipped and I fell and hit my face on a curb. Oh my god! And like it just blew my face up, dude. It was crazy. Yep. Yeah, we used to get down, man. But yeah, I mean, I I just remember uh, just being hella like wide eyed and intimidated by you guys back in the day. Just like yeah, because we're wild, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, like these dudes are are hardcore. But uh, but then I mean, once you started uh, with your chef thing, it, it was impressive. You ended up like moving to Miami for a while, right? Yeah, I moved to South Florida. I was down there for like eight years. I wanted to see what else the world had in store for me. And I knew I wasn't going to get it all living in Minneapolis. And um, and so I was down there for a long time. I bounced all over the place. I worked in a ton of restaurants, got a ridiculous amount of experience. And um, eventually came back up to the Twin Cities, started popping out some babies. And I'm like, all right, I got to do something with my life quit drinking about seven years ago. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I don't drink. And I'd really started to double down in what I was good at. I listened to this guy named Gary V. Yeah, me too. I love Gary V. Yeah. He talks about doubling down on what you're good at. Don't always focus on what you suck at and you can get a more of a return. And I experienced that man. Like I got into real estate. I started buying houses and like turning them into rental properties. I had like this house hack. And I had this idea of opening up my own restaurant. I started doing Food Network shows. I did a total of three shows and six episodes in one year, which was a lot. You know, like I was yeah. 
I was on there like all the fucking time. It was crazy. I was my DMs were blowing up. Yep. What what, what shows were? I know you were on a uh, guys uh... guys grocery games. I did that one twice, and then I did the show with Giada De Laurentiis. Yep. And that was a Thanksgiving special, and so that ran all month. So I was there for a week, and we shot four episodes of that show. I was on three of them. I made it to the finals. I didn't win. Um, but so they have that, that show actually airs every month now because they have multiple seasons of that. I think that's the one that your mom saw. Yep. We saw all of them, but yeah. Yeah. She saw a rerun of guys grocery games, but then every Sunday you could see me on food network doing this thing with Giada De La Rentes. Yep. And then after that, man, like shit started like kind of blowing up for me and I put together this pretty good strategic plan where, um, what am I, what am I going to do to get my own place? Like, I don't want to fucking work for people. I, I got an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I always felt like I could have done it better. I didn't want to listen to anybody. It was brutal for me to work for people. I bounced around at a million jobs and I got lucky, man. And I got some exposure. People started to believe in me. And I went up on my own and opened up Joey meatballs. And uh, I worked on that for like three and a half years. And I opened up my first one six months ago. And now I got four and I'm working on number five and six. Holy shit. Congrats. I, I didn't realize you're opening that many. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to do a thousand of these fucking things. That's what's Bro, up. We got one life, you know, like, what are you going to do with it? Right. And right now me and you, we're at our prime, you know, yep. like we're smart. We're physically capable. We still have like the gusto, um, you know, in our twenties, we're all gusto and no brains. And when you're like 50 and 60, you're all brains and no gusto. So like right now, is that time where you can make an impact that'll affect you for the rest of your fucking life. You know, I want a legacy for my children and my name and my community. You know, my goal now is to be the mayor of Minneapolis. I didn't realize that. That's sick. See that, man? Like, I got this tattoo after the social unrest. It's uh, MPLS Bernie. You know, like, I saw that stuff firsthand. I saw the, uh, uh, the misfortune of our city, and I now have seen it not be able to bounce back, and it's fucking scary, and it pisses me off, and there's people that are scared to make decisions because it's tough right now to make decisions. People are critical, but I can take that shit on the chin right. and just keep moving forward and do what's best. And it's not about me being better. It's about me wanting to be a service to people and being born and raised in the twin cities, my whole fucking life. I think I got a pretty good grasp on, on what could help our, our city. That's dope. There needs to be more opportunity. Uh, it needs to be spread out a little more evenly. You know, when I open up a joy meatballs, I hire people that live in that area. I do on-the-job training. If they want to buy Joey meatballs from me, they can. And so now you got someone in that community with skin in the game. Uh, they're going to give a fuck about what happens in their neighborhood, and they'll probably employ some of those people in their neighborhood and give them an opportunity, right? When you see all this shit get burnt to the ground, like Target and Dollar Store and Wendy's, no one owns that in the community. Right. And there's a reason why all that shit got burnt down, because that's just holding more people down. It needs to be more local. It can't be about big business. Yeah. But because the, the system is so broken right now, uh, the opportunity isn't there. They'll, they don't give a fuck if stuff burns. People could talk crap about it all they want. They're not going to change until there is an opportunity. And again, this, this isn't like handouts. This is people earning that shit, showing uh, due diligence and, and, and getting through the adversity, but also just having the straight up opportunity. So I do this with convicted felons right now. I'm the chairman of the board of directors of the Redemption Project, where we do uh, mentorship through meaningful employment where we're helping them try to find a career or something that they're passionate in. I do that with high school kids over in South High too called Project for Success. Like people can't just get a dumb fucking job that they don't care about. You know, like when they when it lacks passion, you know, it lacks productivity in your yeah. life. And uh, 
so for me, I mean, that's like my goal, you know, Joey Meatballs is my platform and it's my model of like how I think we can influence uh, change, systemic change in small communities like Minneapolis. Minneapolis isn't huge. You know, we can, we can change and affect Minneapolis very uh, aggressively and quickly if we wanted to. It's not like LA or New York where there's, you know, 18 million people in a square mile. I didn't realize you were involved in that much shit. I mean, I, I knew of, of, of all the restaurant stuff. I mean, it seems like every time I'm talking to you, you're you're opening up some new restaurant or or new place or onto something new. But I didn't realize that you were part of all of that uh, that dope work on top of that. And your goal to be a mayor, man, that's that's huge, man. I feel like we we need better. We need so much better leadership, man. And your your ideas, I think, hold a lot of weight and hold a lot of value. And I think. I think you could do some some damage, man. I think you could do some good with the city. Yeah, I I agree. I would love to be a part of that, man, in, in any sort of way I can, man, because because uh, I that, that's just that's dope, man. Because I, I would like to do that uh, in the music industry. I would like to give uh, you know people who don't have opportunity the opportunity to be successful. You know, whether it be studio time, beats, um, you know, just somebody that believes in them. Um, just by discovering talent and all that stuff, because there's so many dope kids that just don't have, uh, they don't have the opportunity. They don't know where to turn to. That they, they have the the raw talent, but they don't have a place to to go to show it off, or you know, they don't have good connections to studios and all that stuff. So, dude, everyone talks about oh, kids are our future. There's nothing that supports that. All lip service. Nothing. I don't see anything showing that kids are important yep my uh my buddy i don't know if you've heard of him kyle rucker he actually does a lot for um the youth and he he's one of one dude that's out there um doing that and he's somebody who i should should link you with at some point because uh i feel like you two if you put your heads together you could you could do some some dope shit yeah i'm all about that man collaborating cross-pollinating i mean we're, we've gotten so big at the redemption project where I was given a sworn testimony in front of a panel of people at the state capitol to get two bills passed. Um, the nonprofit that I work with, we actually have a, a lobbyist that gets, like I'm buddies with Dan Walgamont. He's the House Majority Speaker. And uh, we got him to actually author two bills that we wrote. That is nuts. I, dude, I had no idea that you were involved in that much shit. That just like upped my level of respect for you even more, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You know, when you've been through what I've been through in my life, you know, growing up in poverty and, you know, being a fuck up, like I can really connect. And, and I, I think when people hear me talk, they hear the passion, they hear the truth. And that's the type of person that needs to speak to this stuff more than someone of privilege. hundred percent. I totally agree. Um, so how has uh, 2020 and 2021 been for you overall? Like, has it, has it affected anything? Has it like made things easier, harder? Well, 2021 is probably the, probably the best year of my life yeah you ever put a, a plan in place that took four years to accomplish well i got one that's uh 20 years in the making but yeah <laughs> so like imagine when that finally happens and that happened for me i've never stuck with anything like that do you know how many people i talked to about being an investor at joy meatballs or like helping me with joy meatballs or being a partner and this and failing and looking at places and talking to landlords like i had so many reasons to quit so many times i was just like fuck this to actually see it come to life, walk in and serve my first meatball. Like it's supposed to be the hardest year, the hardest times. 
and it, and it made the it made this success taste that much better because like you're not supposed to succeed and you got to like that's fucking dope yeah and i'll never forget that and then it was like bing bang boom now i got fucking four and i'm on my fifth and sixth so 2021 has been good to me i don't feel great talking about it though because i know not everybody else experienced the same thing i did there's a ton of people that had really 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 bad times in 2021 I think it's important to share the the successes as well as the losses, though. I'll one up you on that. It's 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 important to talk about the opportunity, yeah. Because sometimes people get brainwashed because all they see on TV is like it's a mess, it's a mess. Sometimes someone's got to go on there and be like, "Not really. Right now, it's prime for the taking." Landlords, they're not in charge anymore. They lost so much. They're they're willing to cut you a deal that benefits now the small person, not the big person. There's a ton of fucking opportunity out there now. So it's good to go out there and tell people, hey, now you might want to like swing at something as opposed to sit on your couch smoking weed thinking the world's coming to an end. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I definitely find myself in this like like negative headspace. I mean, just with everything I've been been through over the last three years. I got to tell you, dude, I just feel for you losing your mother. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a whirlwind. I never got a chance to really tell you it's that. It's been a whirlwind, bro. I mean, so I, I'm I'm at a point right now where like hearing you speak is giving me motivation and giving me inspiration. And I need more people like that in my life. I feel like, um, because all around me, it's just been, been darkness over the last few years. It's just been like negativity and, and, um, you know, everywhere I look, it's just, it's just been sadness and pain. It's just been hard. So, um, so hearing your successes and, and your triumphs, especially this year that that gives me motivation man because i i've seen where you've been and i i see where you can go um and i and i i know you're gonna get get to that point because you're you're just that type of dude man yeah it's uh it's powerful shit man like energy and vibe and 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 perspective like i don't even allow myself to look back if i fail i feel forward yep i don't look back anymore i just keep I just keep moving forward. Like, I don't even have an option. I don't even think about it. Like, I just tell my, so I want to buy a Ferrari next year, right? And I want to buy a Ferrari Testarossa, a white one for Miami Vice. And so I know that sounds ridiculous, but for me, there's so much meaning behind it. So like afford a Ferrari, bro, you got to be on a different level. It's like $1,500 just for an oil change. Yeah. So like for me, ordering a Ferrari makes me feel like I've, I've kind of won on some level. Like I look up Ferraris, I say for the word Ferrari, I text this gal, I said, Hey, you want me to come pick you up my Ferrari, even though I didn't have one. And like, I'm just like obsessively like manifesting this to happen. And you know, that's just like a little joke I like to play, but everything else is kind of like that. The second you let that doubt come in, it's fucking over. You know, like you just got to keep telling yourself to move forward. Now, I don't know if you've, you've heard or seen me post, but I, I want a Grammy by 2025. Yeah, I see the that. Next few years, like my my mind is like Grammy. So I'm like making some of the best beats I've ever made. Um, like I'm talking to my buddy that's Grammy nominated, like like on a yeah, regular basis. And um and he's like, he's like, I want to help you, bro, and I hope I wanna help you get to that. So that's been my my main focus. And I, I got this this drive. I mean, as like like I said, like as as negative as everything has been. I, I keep that Grammy 
at the forefront of my thoughts. Like I want to win a Grammy for my mom because she never got the chance to walk the red carpet with me. So do you know how intense that would be for you to like win that shit? Oh my God. I think about it. Like I, I, I think about me on that Grammy stage. Like, I I don't even know if I'd be able to give a speech because I'd just be crying. I'm tearing up right now. Right, dude. Like I, I'm just like with all this shit, like 20 years of, of work and, and setbacks and, you know, never quitting after, after all this time and just, thinking about walking across that stage, man, it's just like, that would be the ultimate fucking victory. So that like you with the Ferrari, that's me with the Grammy. Grammy's way better than my Ferrari, <laughs> but I feel it though. It's, it's similar. It is similar. The Ferrari thing is dope. I actually know uh, one of the dudes that opened up the Ferrari dealership in town. Um, really? Joe. Yeah. Huh. I had him on the podcast. Actually. He's, he's one of the, uh, the dealers there. I'll have to connect you with him. I want to feel trade for meatballs. <laughs> Get to that goal a lot sooner. Right? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, man, that is fucking fire, man. So you're uh you're on the track to open a, how many more joy meatballs do you have opening? Two. I got two more concepts opening up. They should be done by the end of this year in a couple of weeks. Uh leases should be signed and construction should be started. So in 2021, I should say half of 2021, I would have opened up six restaurants. Man. So like, it's, it's great for me. And I don't, 2022, just, I mean, once you get like, once you get this head of steam, especially within like my industry, like once you get 20 or 30 of these things, it's hard to kill it. You know, like it doesn't, it's a big snowball going downhill. And so that's what I, I feel like in 2022, you know, instead of just doing them one at a time, maybe I'll be doing them two, three, or four at a time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we're looking at out of state. We're looking at other cities. You know, I got I got this huge grand idea, right? Like, I want to develop an infrastructure that is solely supported by um, convicted felons or recovering addicts or whatever. People that aren't highly educated. And it's like this infrastructure of, um, we have like a commissary kitchen that has a bakery in it. We have a farm that's like a mile away. They, I could tell you about these cool urban farms that are in shipping containers. And then like we can process all this stuff. And then that'll be like the, the hub, the hub entity. And then I'll have all these different concepts umbrellaed under my restaurant group. And we can teach all these fucking people um, all different kinds of trades right? There's like, there's a head controller, which is like finance. Uh, There's a dispatcher for delivery and distribution. Um, There's packers, there's preppers, there's truck drivers, there's delivery. I mean, there's just everything. And then, and then it goes out to the restaurants and then we got cooks and we have store managers and we have regional directors. And like all these people are, aren't going to be from YZ. You know, there are going to be from areas that lack this kind of opportunity and guess what it's gonna suck dude it's gonna be tough it's not gonna be pretty dealing with incarceration and recovery is fucking gross sometimes you know i don't know if you know this but like i i mentor guys out of prison i mentor convicted felons and i had this guy named daniel campbell he was an old gangbanger from milwaukee i mentored him for two years i had him living in one of my rental properties i got him a job working with me 
and he recommitted and he got drunk at a bar and killed two people. Oh, damn. He killed, he killed two people, you know, like, like I feel connected to two people dying. Right. You know, that's some, that's some pretty, man, that's wild, man. Like, you know, some people trolled me and like, and, and told me I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I saw a little bit of that. You know, a lot more has happened than just that. Um, I had to contact lawyers about that. Uh, the police raided my rental property, tore that shit up and harassed everyone else that lived there. Like it was a, and someone lost their fucking child, husband, brother. And, um, and so like, as much as I want to paint this pretty picture, like you got to go through some shit to get change. I want like this giant infrastructure of opportunity. And I want it. I want the, the first one to happen in Minneapolis. And then I want to go to other cities that are struggling like Denver. Denver's got a huge homeless population. Yeah. I was there recently and I saw that, man. I, I really looked around and it's, it's everywhere, man. It's bits bad. Me and my girlfriend were like, what is up with Denver? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what the fuck happened? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, LA Detroit. I mean, you could go on and on and on all these, uh, downtown areas that are just struggling because of lack of opportunity. It's so segregated. You have to have a, uh, uh, not a high school diploma anymore. You have to have like a four-year college degree and your name's got to be Ben, not Tyrone. You know, there's, there's studies that show a black and a white man with the exact same resume and they send them out. And the black guy gets called back like 15 out of 100 times where the white guy gets called out 90. That sucks, yeah. You know, there's got to be something that, that, that can break that. Right. And so like in my grand scheme of things, that's where I want things to go. And like, that's really... Um, something that I think could continue change even after I'm gone. Are you scared of dying? Yeah, just because it's an unknown thing. I, I want to get to a point where I'm not, but yeah, I gotta say I am. I'm terrified of it. Yeah, it it haunts me almost on a daily basis because yeah. I don't have enough time because I want to do so much and I don't know when my last day is gonna be. Right, it could be fucking tomorrow. I got COVID real bad and I almost died, and ever since then it's kind of fucked with my head a little bit. I know how mortal i am and uh it terrifies me man because i got like these ideas and i want to do this shit and i think i can get it done but i need time i absolutely feel that um yeah i mean your your ideas of of uh connecting people and like getting you know giving people opportunity that's really dope i've recently come up with an idea and i don't know where to go with it and i don't know where to take it but um for for whatever reason when i have this picture as my profile picture on facebook of me in the studio, I start getting like, this has happened like three times where that uh, the particular picture, I'll get like mad friend requests. And it's a lot of people from Africa. Um, some of them are like, um, you know, some of them are like weird, but a lot of them are like really dope and they're really good. They just have like no opportunity there. And, you know, yeah. they, they're just like hungry to like either get to America or get hurt in America and stuff like that. I'm just, I'm just like, there's there's an opportunity there for me and I just I can't figure out how to how to crack it and like what I can do with it but I'm like there are so many people all over the world that are like just hurting and hungry for opportunity and I I really connect with what you're saying because I I would I would love to do something like that as well with what I do I mean there's ways to do it and and there's certain tools that we have like music's one of them food's one of them opportunities one of them i would love to see you go over to africa man i'm coming with you right it'll be so fire (laughs) so fire i mean and it's it's crazy because it's like it's people from all over africa i always joke with my girlfriend i'm like yeah i'm getting hella famous in africa 
Um, just cause like, <laughs> like ev- every day I get, I get hit up by, you know, these dudes and it, like some of them are fucking fire, bro. Like, like just dope. And I'm like, damn, these, these dudes need the opportunity. And I, but I, I don't know how to, you know, cause I'm, I'm searching for my own opportunities. So I don't know. I want to get myself established before I can, you know, help them. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's like when you help people, you help yourself. Yeah, that's true. The more I preach to people about what I do in my life, the more I act like that. That is totally true. I find that like the more I mentor, the better I become. What books are you reading right now? Oh, right now I have a whole stack behind this, uh, this green screen. Um, I need to do more reading to be honest. Cause, um, Cause I don't do enough of it. And I have a whole stack of books. Um, what about you? So I kind of like doing this thing where I want to challenge my ideology because like, I don't want to prove my ideas more right. I think that's an ugly place to live. Mm-hmm. I think thinking that you're right all the time and that, you know, the opposition is wrong all the time is extremely narcissistic and immature and just bitch made. Yep. And I want to challenge myself cause that's who I'm competing with. So I like to read books sometimes for people I don't think I agree with. So I'm, I'm reading this book, 12 rules of life by Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson's like a very provocative person right now in America because he's a no nonsense person in a world of sensitivity. And, you know, he, he battles with, you know, pronouns and he challenges a lot of things that are popular in the progressive world. And I don't always understand how people could vote or appreciate Donald Trump. Right. But instead of just condemning them and saying you're a fucking asshole, I think it's better for me to understand. And not that he's like pro-Trump or anti-Trump, but like he definitely has a perspective that I don't always run a line with. But he's so smart, right? He's a he was a Harvard professor and now he's a professor at Toronto. And he writes like these dense ass books, bro. Like when he when I read one sentence of him, his writing, I have to read it twice because you can get like three different things out of one sentence. He's just that well read. Um, and then I'm reading Green Light by Matthew McConaughey, which is way lighter. Hell yeah. It's a really good book. It's his life story. You'd be surprised at what that guy's been through in his life. I want to get that book. I'm also reading a book about how to cultivate a positive culture with employees or staff. I'm like, how, how do they measure their success? So when you got a guy working a register at Applebee's or uh, uh, Arby's, how does that guy rate his job performance? Because if he can't rate it and if he can't count it and if he can't quantify it, then how does he know he's doing a good job? How does, why would he care? Where's the passion? There's just, it's so monotonous that he doesn't give a fuck. And so this guy tells this true story about his experience being a Fortune 500 CEO retiring and they bought a house out on uh, Lake Tahoe and he sees like this old Italian restaurant and it's just gone to shit. And the guy's got no restaurant experience and he goes in there and he takes like this model that made him successful and he puts it in the restaurant industry and he just like kills it. And it's all based on how do you get people to feel good about their job when it's a shit job? (laughs) Wow. Yep. And uh, it's it's a it's a it's a short read. It's an easy read, but it's it's got a really a lot of really good information in there. You know, managing people is a twenty four hour job. It doesn't just end when you leave work. Yep. 
you know, when I meet, when I meet somebody ornery at the fucking gas station, like I have to manage that person. And so I want to like hone those skills so I can use them at a high level, no matter what setting I'm in, whether I'm working with employees or, you know, managing managers or just dealing with a fucking angry Karen at Cub Foods, you know, like you can utilize that type of ideology to benefit you throughout your life in every sense. So those are the three books I'm reading right now. Well, that's amazing, bro. I got to. I, I got to get those last two that you mentioned, the um, the Matthew McConaughey one and the the last one. Yeah, Green Light. And he, I, I don't read books because like my ADHD is is too much. So I, I, I consume books by Audible. I need to do that too because mine's pretty bad. Yeah, that's why I can't sit down. I'm forcing myself to read that last book I was telling you about. Like I'm physically reading it. It's tough. But, you know, I got to... You got to pick the hard path sometimes. But anyway, so the, the Matthew McConaughey book, he actually authors it or he narrates it. And so you get to hear his little funky ass accent the whole time. It's kind of funny, man. That's sick. I, I fucking love Matthew McConaughey. No hate, bro. That's that's awesome. Wait until you hear his life story, though. You're going to be like, what? Yeah. Like motherfucker went and he was like living in Australia and shit as a teenager on like a, a, a student exchange thing. And like these people kind of like kidnapped him or some shit and like didn't want him to leave and like dude he's got a wild story totally fucking weird yeah he's got crazy stories man i mean the the stuff i know about that guy like he's just he's just bonkers but he's fucking cool as shit and he's like just funny man that's awesome very intelligent you know like to get to where he's at after what he's gone through he's a very intelligent person i find that most famous people are really intelligent even if they don't seem like it conventionally you just yep. i think i'm a smart guy i think i can go in any room and like show up anybody i think i stick out i think i i'm generally an intelligent person but like when i hang out with like guy fietti or any other celebrity i feel i just shrink man i'm like Phew. yep these people are just so fucking smart and so intuitive socially and just know what to say when to say Oh man, it's, it's impressive. And so people like Matthew McConaughey that sound like a stoner or something like that. Totally not. There's a reason why those people get to where that they are, man. It's not, it's not just it's not luck. It's not luck, man. It's not fucking luck. You have to have it's not good looks. Yep. You <laughs> have to have a level of intelligence. You have to have, you have to be emotionally intelligent. You have to have smarts with yeah. people. Like there's, there's so yeah, many big one. intelligent factors that go into fame that people just, don't understand and that's why a lot of famous people you know they succumb to drugs or whatever i mean because it's it's tough i mean it's fucking like it's hard to get there and it's hard to maintain and it's just hard to be in that world man you're a talented guy you're in one of the most competitive industry dude the music industry is kind of fucked man can we talk about that for a second yeah dude where's the where's the good music who's the last person that's inspired you in hip-hop drake i mean to be honest with you, I I have such a different palette. I mean, I went through like like obviously like I grew up on nineties rap. That's that's my my home base. That's like what I like the most. Like I love Biggie, I love Tupac, I love Nas, I love like all the all the greats from the nineties. But at the same time, I, I did go through this phase where I was like, you know, only old school and underground hip hop, like and nothing else. Like I went through this phase in my like, you know, late teens, early twenties. And then as I, as I kind of grew up and, <laughs> and started making music, motherfucker. <laughs> I started making music uh, and I went to school 
And, you know, I went to school late. So I went to school uh, when I was like 29 at IPR. And so a lot of the kids that I was going to school with were like 10 years younger than me. And I was like this old guy coming in like, like, oh, I fucking, I hate Mac Miller. Like, oh, I hate this fucking like trap shit. Mac Miller is pretty good. I like Mac Miller now, but like, um, and I liked him like, I, I, I started liking him like three years before he died. Um, but I, I, I'm bummed that I didn't like get on the, the, like, I didn't become a fan until like, you know, a few years before he died. I wish I it was like, I wasn't hating on him, but anyway, so like I was going to school with these younger kids and they would be like, nah, dude, this shit's dope. This shit's dope. And they were just exposing me to all this stuff. And so like my palate is so open now um that like really for me it's like there's there's a few things that i listen for in music and it's like does the vibe hit me does um you know do the lyrics hit me do the does the beat hit me um there's a certain combination of things that just like if it doesn't have one of those things then i don't fuck with it you know but but i but it it allows me to be very versatile in what i enjoy and what i listen to i mean I feel like there's a lot of creativity coming out and a lot of people are are doing a lot of different shit and there there there's actually a lot of throwbacks. Let me rephrase this then. I think what I'm getting at is it's like a bunch of like one-hit wonders. It reminds me of 80s pop, like what yeah. hip hop is. Like some dude will come out with some fucking stupid name and then he'll drop something with a crazy beat and terrible lyrics and then like it's the rage for that year and then they disappear. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to hip hop, I'm a I'm a beats guy. Yep. And the beat talks to me more than the lyrics do, unless they're like a good lyricist, but there just really isn't great lyricists anymore. So I don't really connect with them on a lyrical level. Um, it's more about who's like hitting those fucking beats the hardest. Like I bump all that shit, you know, like I got Gucci Mane's latest shit. I got Drake's latest shit. I like all their stuff, but like, I don't feel like, you know, like Nas had a career. Too Short had a career. Yeah. E-40 had a career. Biggie and Tupac would have had a career. I mean, they did even after they fucking died. Like, Jay-Z had a career. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Eminem had a fucking career. Uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. I don't see anyone like that in hip-hop. And it doesn't mean that they suck. They just, like, I don't know, this flash in the pan, overproduced, picked because of their character, not because of their ability, is what I see. Yeah. You know, like, who's going to be the next, you know, 6 9 You know, right. that's like this... They're like, what do they, what do they used to call Twisted Sister? Is like Shock Jock or something like that? Yeah, it was like Shock Jock or like glam, uh, hair metal glam. Yeah, like Kiss. Glam it was just guar, or guar, you know. It was all about like uh, uh, just making people feel a certain way because you're such a character, not because like you're lyrically sound or musically sound. Yep. Um, and and like none of these dudes are, are are working with like a constant producer that they have a relationship with that creates beats for them i think it's it's a problem and and it's it's good at the same time it, it's it's because it's so easy for 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 kids to just to get a you know a beat making software which we call daws uh it's so easy for you know people to to rap the, the way that they're rapping now you know it's not hard to do that and then you know the kids like they get this like like it blows up on TikTok or something and or it blows up online and, and it's like this overnight I'm thing. An island boy. Yeah, dude, oh my God. 
bro. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? Like, and it, yeah. Could you imagine if they actually had a product that was tight? Like, how fucking successful they would be? Oh my god, dude, it's crazy. But I do, I do think that we're in this weird. I, I almost think we're in this like in between period where I think I, I give it like you know a couple more years, and I think shit's gonna start to get really good and interesting again because. I think at, especially after 2020 and 2021, people spent so much time like inside and like reminiscing like on old shit. Um, so like like for example, um, I couldn't I couldn't fucking track down a VCR after like I wanted I wanted a VCR for like my you know my mom's uh, celebration of life and I couldn't track down a cheap one and I finally did end up finding hers. But like that, I found out that like the reason why VCRs were sold out. It's because of COVID. Like people were were like, like reminiscing and like hungry for that old shit. And I think, I think that we're gonna see that in music. I think, I think a lot. Like you're gonna start like next year. You're gonna start seeing a lot more throwbacks. I mean, it's even happening with like like the weekend with like his like '80s shit. Um, and then you know mm. there there's a lot of kids that are you know kind of taking it back to like the '90s. R&B is still hitting it because I think yeah. people like the weekend are fucking. Dude. They're swinging. Yeah, they're swinging Fire. big dicks. Yeah. So I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. And I mean, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of people that just haven't gotten their time to shine yet that will end up, end up getting there. And there, there's always going to be that shit, you know, that, that bullshit. But I do think that people are hungry for, for real shit and it's just a matter of time. So give it, you know, give it a year or two. And I think, I think you'll start seeing a lot more quality shit pop back up. You think the hip hop game kind of drowned out rock? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Cause I, I, I definitely, I, I mean, hip hop is the biggest genre out and it wasn't that way. I mean, it was big 25 years ago, but, uh, but it wasn't maybe to us. Right. But it wasn't the level that it was at. I mean, because like I grew up kind of the opposite of you, man, I'm from the, the burbs. So I was like the only kid I knew that was, like I said, like earlier, I was the only kid I knew listening to rap. I mean, like even 20 years ago, it, when I was in high school, it, it, there, there wasn't a lot of kids that looked like me that were bumping rap. It was all like pop punk and fucking whatever else the fucking white kids in the burbs were, were bumping. And I was like, I was like, man, no, like I fucking love Biggie and Tupac and Snoop and Dre and all these kids were just like, and it was few and far between that I would meet another hip hop fan. Um, but now, yeah, it's the biggest, biggest thing out. And like all the kids are, are listening to rap these days. But I also see kids are fucking uh, like genre bending now. So like, like they're blending a bunch of different genres together. And that, I mean, you've had that. I mean, like with like the, like the Limp Biscuit shit back in the day that was like, you know, kid rock that was like blending rock and rap and stuff. But uh, who was that? Who's the best at it? Rage Against the Machine. Man, Ra- was Rage was the best. I and mean, everybody re- respects Rage. Everybody. I wish I fucking knew how to sing and play instruments because I got a lot of pain in my heart and I went through a lot of shit, like shitty shit my whole life. And I think I'd be able to tell a good story, but I just don't have that, that gift. Like I can listen to music and tell you if it's good or whatever. But yeah, man, it's kind of weird what happened in the music industry. And I, I feel like, I feel kind of like a TD bopper fucking bitch because all hip hop is so young and so fresh. And like, it's what's hot tomorrow. It's not what's hot today because there's just no longevity to anybody's career. 
I just feel like a 15 year old falling around was popular. It's just so stupid. You feel that way about music? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm at a point where like, as a person that makes music, I, I think I'll always kind of pay attention to what's current. You know, I'll, I'll have like what I like and what I don't like, but I want to see what's out there. I want to like know who's popping and who's not popping and, um, what I can, you know, contribute to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, and, and I have the things about, about music that I, I know what I want to contribute and what I want to change, but I think it's important for me as a person who creates music to just always, always know what's going on and stay up on it. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't want to be that old guy anymore. Like I was like, you know, when I went, when I went to school, when I, when I started at school with all these younger kids being the one that's like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, I just, I sounded like I looked back on that and I was just like, damn, I was a, I was a hater. You're a bougie ass bitch, man. Yeah, bougie ass bitch, dude. You know, I, I don't, I don't want, I just don't want to be that dude. So I, I definitely, uh, and I think it's part of like, like me wanting to give opportunity to younger artists and, uh, and help guide them and stuff. Uh, you know, I just, I just, I never want to like close off, uh, you know, what the kids like and what, you know, what's, what's popping. I'm not necessarily hating on the people doing it today. Like I, I tip my head to anyone that's like out there grinding their ass off. I just don't like what happened to the industry in general, Yeah, but I do, I do like some of these tunes that are coming out. Hell yeah. So I usually give people the last word. Do you have any last words that you want to uh, leave the people with? Come check me out at Joy Meatballs. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do a plug. What's the last words? <laughs> Last words. All right, here you go. Here you go. Don't give up. Hell yeah. I I didn't go to high school. I didn't do shit with my life. I'm not uh, well-read. Uh, Three-time convicted felon by 16. I was a lost cause. Everyone gave up on me. I battled drug addiction, alcoholism. I've been stabbed in the heart. I've had guns pulled on me and shot at, like, you name it, man. And I should have been dead a million fucking times. And I just didn't give up. And now look where I'm at. If I can do it, anyone can do it, man. I swear to fucking God, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm nothing special. You just can't give up. That's it. Just don't give up on yourself. Follow your fucking dreams. Do it. It's easy. It's easier than you think. Wise words, bro. That got me fired up, bro. Man, I fucking appreciate you, man. You get that Ferrari, I'm going to get that fucking Grammy, bro. Let's do this I'm shit. I'm going to drop you off on the red carpet in the fucking Testarossa Dude, in 2025. Hell yeah. Hell That's yeah. it right there, player. Hell yeah. January 2025 in Los Angeles, bro. We're going to road trip from Minneapolis all the way to fucking LA into Testarossa. Hell yeah. We'll vlog it. Yeah. Vlog it the whole fucking way. Hell yeah, man. All right, brother. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. It was fire. Thank you. This is a lot of fun, man. I got to do this more often. I got to find some people that do this shit. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, I'll have you on again, man. We'll do a follow-up. Great. I, yeah, I got other stuff I'd like to talk about that are completely different than the things we went over today. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Peace. Peace.